Pressing pause on this episode to tell you about a brand new program I have launching. You've probably heard me talk about my signature program, All Influence Intensive, which I have now run for seven cohorts. This round is getting longer and cheaper. Yes, you heard me right, longer and cheaper, and here's why. Again and again, I watch my alums chug through the soul-crushing, soul-searching involved in honing in on your personal messaging and mindset. It takes a long time, and I meet with many of my clients after the eight-week program finishes to make baby tweaks. So this round, we're extending our time together, 12 weeks together weekly exclusive content that's actually digestible in your crazy work week, and weekly live office hours held two times a week to ensure that it actually fits in your schedule. Chat about the things that you actually need help with, be held accountable by a group that just gets it, and make the strides towards a sustainable, lucrative social media presence. Now here's the kicker. This program is for newbies and alums alike. So head to theharleyjordan.com listed in the show notes to learn more because these doors won't be open for long. Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Welcome to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. Today, we have the lovely Kate Boosk here, Kristen, my BFFL, um, and we're going to chat about creating in a style that you love, maybe not following your analytics. I know we just talked about analytics, but we have another perspective for you. So to kick off this episode, we have to start with a creator spotlight. Kristen, who are you loving right now? So I am loving this guy. His name is Michael Galleon. His uh, TikTok handle is Coach Michael One, and I came across one of his videos on my FYP on TikTok, and he basically just like stares deep into the soul of the camera, <laughs> and you feel like he's like staring deep into your soul. And he basically like will talk you off a ledge and like talk to you about self care and self love, and he is like a life coach, but. Every single video I see, I'm just like, wow, man, how did he know? Like, I needed to hear that. (laughs) I love creators like that. Like, creators that have a skill of just talking to you like like they're talking through the camera. Um, How many followers does he have on TikTok, out of curiosity? He has, let's see, 441,000. Oh, so a lot. So a lot. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so here's what I think is interesting, is he has 11K on Instagram. Really? Oh my gosh. See, I've never even looked at his Instagram though. Yeah. See, I went immediately there because, you know, I don't have the clock app on my phone. Crazy. (laughs) I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked. I just can't. I got too much. (laughs) I have too much in my brain. There's too much going on. I don't want more. (laughs) I mean, I understand it from that perspective, but I just feel like TikTok for me is the place where I enjoy being more than on Instagram. Truly. <laughs> That's fair. That That is fair. The algorithm is very good. Yes. Um, but I think it's very interesting that you have a guy that does what he does really well and connects with the camera really well. And he's found his spotlight elsewhere. Yeah, it really is crazy. But again, I watch all of his videos and I've never once looked at his Instagram because right. I'm like, what do I need to? Like all of everything I need is right here. I, I think that also just shows 
you know, you don't have to be big on every platform because I mean, no one cares as much as you, right? Literally. (laughs) No one watches your content as much as you do. Right. It would be so hard. I think it only happens with like a small amount of people where you do really have a, a big following on all platforms because it's it's a lot to manage, first of all. But I feel like if you're like splitting your creativity between so many platforms, you're not really able to, I guess, master one really well, um, which is exactly what I do. <laughs> I, just, I just put a little effort into each of them. It works. It's just fine. Maybe I should take my own advice. <laughs> I was about it's so funny because I was about to say but you're really good at being on all of them like do you create different content do you just like I do I have different content on both of them because I swear everything that I post on TikTok my Instagram people don't like and vice versa (laughs) I, I just that's why I'm like all right fine I'll do double the work but I'll tell you I was talking with one of my friends, Reagan, um, and we've been talking about how we've had our accounts for a really long time and how everyone is talking about, okay, if you make a new account and start over, like what would happen? And so many people are doing it with success, right? I want to talk about that because- Are you going (laughs) to do it? I'm triggered. Well, (laughs) no. So here's here's the, well, to be determined, but- Okay. Okay. (laughs) Here's the jet. This is a really long creator spotlight, but I just like need to tell this story. So I have, I have obviously the all influence collective account as well as the Harley Jordan. And the other day I, (laughs) I posted on my Harley Jordan account and I swear it was like, I had like 200 views and I hate it when people are like, well, that's good for me. And I'm like, but my my account is a different type. Yeah. (laughs) So I have... 200 views on this video and I'm like okay Instagram (laughs) great you're fun then I go to all influence which has 900 followers like that's a landing page yeah I need to put more effort into it if I want it to be like a fully functional account and I post an account I post a reel that's not even good it's not even interesting like there's no creativity and it has 9,000 in the first 10 minutes sounds about right like Great. Love this for me. Yeah. So I'm going to start taking all my TikTok videos and posting it onto this new account. And I'm I'm not going to like even really like publicize it or anything, you know, like I just want to see what happens. And I'm just really curious to kind of experiment with it because I don't know, like maybe I've just had my, I've had my account since 2012. Like maybe I've just had it too long. (laughs) I have had so many conversations with huge creators that have, you know, 100K and they've had 100K for a long time. Yeah. And they will actually have connections at Meta and they'll say, I, you know what? I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know why these accounts have a harder time growing. Right. But I definitely see that with myself having an account since, you know, whatever year it was, 2011, yeah. 2010, and all of the newbie creators. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of data. It's a lot it of is. data stored up. Yes. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what happens, but we'll find out. I can't wait for this experiment for you. <laughs> so <laughs> on that note, without further ado, I I want to talk about, I, I came to you before this episode and I was like, what is really fueling your fire right now? You know, what is, what is making you excited about Instagram? And I mm-hmm. asked that question. I really asked that question because 
there are so many things that give me the ick online right now. Truly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> and even with you saying, you know, I don't really like to be on Instagram. I don't like scrolling right now. The, us as creators, we have to find a balance of how am I, how am I leaning into my creativity and how am I making this a sustainable path? Because I feel like I'm, you know, losing followers like, you know, someone mm-hmm. cut my jugular. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> and views suck and I want to start over. So, <laughs> so we want to talk about like how you find that, how you find the thing online that's that's lighting your fire and that keeps you creative. I think it's so hard to do. And I think that a lot of the times it happens by accident. Like you find that thing by accident. And I'm in like kind of a weird spot with that whole situation now because I know in my personal life, like I know what I love and I know what I love to talk about and I'm already talking about it. And Uh so it's that's where I feel like I'm kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place because I'm just like, well, do I like start trying something else that I like, but maybe I'm not as passionate about, but maybe will perform better and like, you know, elevate me and finally take me to the next level? Or do I just kind of keep maybe beating the dead horse here? I'm just not sure. (laughs) You know, this is what I, this is what I love about the way that you coach though, because it's not about, it's not about the hashtags and it's not about the freaking minutia of whatever it's like personal branding and I think that's Mm -hmm. why we get along because a lot of our conversations are like the soul searching stuff and how I make this feel like me exactly yeah I did actually I did a seminar yesterday and I was telling the people that were listening I was like I'm not going to teach you today. Like, here's your pitch script and like, here's, you know, the the really logistical things. Like the way I like to teach is all about like human connection because that's really what mm-hmm. it all comes down to. And I think with social media in the last few years, like we've kind of lost that, you know, like it's everything starts to feel so robotic and I'm trying yeah. to like steer myself away from that. Um, but we have all of these like habits ingrained in us that we just like, okay, I have to comment for 30 minutes after I post something and, and all yeah. of these things. I'm like, I can't do that. I'm too tired. It's not what I want to do. I, yeah. I it doesn't can't. make me happy. Yeah. I, I, physically do not have the energy emotionally spiritually all of it (laughs) don't have the energy for that and I was actually talking to I was talking to a creator the other day who has I think like 150 on TikTok and like uh probably 60 on 60k on Instagram Mm -hmm. and I say that because she's been around the block like she knows how to grow online and she follows all the people she's done all the things and we're talking about how to kind of pivot her content into this place where, you know, it just, it feels better. And there's nothing, there's nothing tangible about that. It just feels better. And she was like, you know, this is so weird because I feel like I'm having to unlearn the like call to action, Mm -hmm. the like what's typical of what I'm supposed to do, all of those shoulds. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many like rules that people have come up with just from, I mean, even myself included as a coach, like there are a lot of things that, yeah, like I, I've heard and I've experimented with and I'm like, okay, this does get me results. Like, do you remember when on stories, maybe like last year at some point, it was like, if you start your stories 
first story of the day with like the layout feature, then your stories are higher. And it was something that is such a dumb tip, but like, why did it work every time that I did it? So that was something <laughs> that like I taught, but then again, it makes people feel like, okay, every story in the beginning of my day has to be a layout and you have to like start to force things that again, maybe like don't feel yeah. right. Or like, I don't have anything to post in a layout today. Like, you know, right. but you have to find something for, for views, you know? Yeah, but it's true. You really do like get stuck in these these kind of just like quote unquote rules, but it's it's hard to stray away from something that you know is getting you views, even if it doesn't feel mm-hmm. right. But it's at the end of the day, this is like you're going to come to it like a job every single day. You're going to have to show up and work and, you know, put effort and energy into it. Don't you want it to be something that makes you feel really good and that you're you're really excited about you know even if the views maybe aren't where you kind of want them to be and that's how I'm feeling now I'm like I love talking about social media I love making videos where I'm just looking at the camera educating like that's what I feel like I excel in that's what I feel like I'm excited about but I just need to find the right people who like that versus I think Mm -hmm. trying to like yeah, right? Like, it's it's more about finding the people because they're out there. They're, they definitely are. I just need to get in front of them somehow versus changing, you know, what I'm doing because everyone Who else I doesn't am like is a it. whole entire person. Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you just said, like, six things and I wrote – I frantically scribbled. I'm at my parents' house right now. So I'm like, where's a pen? Where's a piece of paper? Because I'm going to lose these thoughts. So, okay – Yeah, I think that number one, this like come like a job thing is it's so pivotal because we forget, we forget that this isn't like little old influencing. It is a true job. So yeah, some days you're going to go to work and you're not going to feel it. And you're going to basically punch the clock and play around on your computer and check your email and like just take excessively long to do every single thing because you're not feeling it. And regardless of the fact that maybe you have to be there for nine hours and that is your set schedule, you're going to get nothing done. Except in entrepreneurship, all of us overthinkers are over here saying, I got, I'm so unproductive and my Mm -hmm. self-worth is decreasing by the second and it's yeah, like, I suck at my job. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard because there's no one telling us, okay, you have to be logged in from nine to five and work and clocked in like you would at a traditional job, but you have to, first of all, find the time and energy to actually make things happen. But at the same time, like sometimes it's hard because you don't want to force it. Like, and that's why I really like creating, you know, batch creating content because I feel like there are days when I'm like, I am ready. Like I have so many ideas flowing through me. Like I'm an idea machine today. And there are other days where I'm like, (laughs) I'm not getting out of bed. Like I'm just not. And so (laughs) then what am I going to just not create the content? And then I feel guilty. And again, it goes into that whole cycle. Right. Today, I am just going to watch All of Love is Blind, and that's that. <laughs> Literally. What's wrong with that? Nothing. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm so thankful for batch creating. And I think mm-hmm. the only reason that I, I – I do separate things for different types of content. True. Um, if it's educational, I will – create on the fly because I feel like face to camera it just like comes really easily but anytime Mm -hmm. I have something that's more creative I have like I have to give it time and you really have to give yourself grace 
for the fact that creativity is not going to come to you. It's not going to come when you want. Exactly. Yeah, it is very unpredictable. So when you do feel it, I feel like you have to take advantage of it. And like, all right, I'm feeling it today. Like, what am I going to bust out on on this list of things that I want to get accomplished? Because you know that you're not going to feel like that every day. But that's like totally normal. That's not like a bad thing. Sometimes you're just not feeling it. And that's totally fine. Mm hmm. Do you typically what are you what are your like working hours? <sighs> Girl. You have a routine. Are you a routine person? I am, but I'm not. Like I I'm the opposite of a routine person. <laughs> you know, I like to think I am, but when it comes down to actually executing, I feel like sometimes I'm not. I typically like to get up, you know, do my little morning routine and then start work immediately. And I'm uh-huh. usually trying to I clock out when my work is done, but if it's like four o'clock and my work is not done, I'm like, you've got like 30 more minutes and then the rest is happening tomorrow. So I do try and set myself some boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't ever set myself like you're working today from nine to five because I just know yeah. that like it's not going to end up being like that. So why why even waste my time trying I'm to plan it. my day that that way? Because it's not going to happen. <laughs> those those boundaries, setting those boundaries, telling myself, hey, you're not done, yes. but you're going to stop is yeah. – the hardest thing I've ever done, I swear. Truly. Have you ever heard of this like concept um, called eat the frog? I've heard that the other day, actually. And it start with the worst thing first. Uh, yeah. Grace Beverly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know what eating the frog is, it's where you look at your list of, you know, okay, what do I need to accomplish today? And you say like, what is the thing that I'm trying to avoid the most? Like, what am I looking forward to the least on this list? And you start your day with that. And I usually try and do that because by the end of the day, again, like I've been working all day. I'm tired. I'm ready to clock out. If I have to do the hard stuff at the end of the day, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not going to do it or I'm going to do it and be really miserable. So I always try and start the day with like, what is the most daunting task on this list? And I feel like that really has made my work days feel a little bit more seamless. I want to hear more about your schedule. Like I'm so nosy. It's so funny I because I, I have clients all the time. I have people all the time that come to me and they're like, oh, my life just isn't interesting. And I'm like, but what did you eat for lunch? Because I <laughs> <laughs> What's in right. bag that you just brought home from Target? Because I want to know. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I mean, and I'll I'll give you my schedule, but to kind of like play on that too. I mean, people. It doesn't have to be the most groundbreaking thing that you're sharing. Like people just want to know how other people live. People want to know what other people think. Like people want to yeah. just be in other people's business in any way that they possibly can. So like whatever you're sharing, even if you feel like it's the dumbest thing ever probably someone is going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to try that or I'm going to go buy that or why don't I do it like that? And you kind of just spark creativity with all of the weird things that you share as well. Um, Which you're great at, Harley. Truly great at. Sharing weird things. (laughs) It's like your expertise. I love it. Um, So yeah, my schedule. So I mean, I'm a Monday through Friday girl. I typically, you don't, you're not going to catch me working on the weekends unless I really, really need to. Um, And that again was not always the case. I have absolutely set boundaries for myself, um, specifically for mental health purposes. Um, So usually Monday through Friday, um, I try and again, clock out by like four, really no later than that. But there are times when like if my husband is working, I will also be like, okay, well, I'm not going to sit on the couch and like twiddle my thoughts. Have you gotten used like, to saying husband yet? It's weird. 
It's weird. I feel like an old person. I'm just like my husband. And I feel very dramatic when I say it. Um, still not used to it now. It's weird. I am now a Bridgerton lady anytime Literally. that I say husband. That's what it feels like. It, like I have to curtsy when I say it or something. <laughs> I get it though. That is a it's a weird feeling. Um yeah, so so if he's working, like if he works late, then usually I'll kind of like you know, tackle a few more tasks. Um, I also on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have a workout class I usually like to go to in the morning. So I don't start my day on Tuesdays and Thursdays until 11 because my class is from 930 to 1030. So I try and take a couple days where I have a slower morning. Um, But honestly, again, like every day is really different because I'll be recording a podcast. I'll be, you know, working with one of my students. Some days I have no calls and I can just get a bunch of work done. So it's hard to say every day is different, but I just try and have a pretty consistent like clock out and my daytime. Mm-hmm. And then I'll usually just start work whenever I wake up in the morning. Um, I was for a while last year, I would set my alarm for 6am. I was reading a book from 6 to 630 so that I could get some reading time in. Then 6.30 to 7, I would do engagement on Instagram. And then mm-hmm. at 7, I would go, like, sit at my computer and get my day started and stuff. But then I was, it was, like, dark when I was waking up. And I was like, yeah. sis, we can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> it's not happening. Sis, let's be real. <laughs> okay, but what does your schedule look like? Because now I want to hear yours. I, I am terrible <laughs> at keeping a schedule. <laughs> Your face was just like, what do you want from me? I don't have one. What do you mean? (laughs) No. So this is like the biggest thing that I've really had to conquer for myself because I'm sure you know that when you're passionate about your work or when your passion turns into your job, it's really hard to not do more. It's really, really hard. So I typically wake up – I mean – the dog wakes up at like six on the dot right now. And thank God it's not so much in the five o'clock hour anymore, but I'm up. Yeah. So my husband leaves the house at, uh, I curtsy for you. My husband curtsy, <laughs> um, leaves the house at like seven 20 ish. So we'll like chat, have breakfast, that kind of thing. Maybe take, take Hank for a walk. Yeah. Um, but at that point, what's keeping me from, going and sitting down and starting. And that is a really early hour. Would I ever get to work at seven o'clock and not clock out until six? Never, never, ever in a corporate job. Never, ever, ever. So Mm -hmm. why am I doing that here? So I've really tried to, I'm I'm a big time morning person. So I've really tried to kind of fill, fill those hours of my day so that I'm forced not to go sit down on the computer. Yeah. Honestly, anything to keep me away from the computer is a good thing in my eyes because I am just such an overworker. I'm such an overthinker. I'm like a high achiever. I have yeah. really high expectations for myself. It's a problem. I'm working on it. And <laughs> you're not alone though. I think that's like an entrepreneur thing. Yeah. Like, no, totally. Can you be totally. a successful entrepreneur if you don't work yourself to the bone? Like I'm sure you can, but I feel like it's very rare that those people exist. I feel like it's those people that get to a point where they're successful though. It's like, you have to have that skill to get into it and then you have to unlearn it. Mm -hmm. It's a balance. It's it's all a balance. But you actually, you brought up something like, would you ever work, you know, go clock into your nine to five job from seven and then stay till six? No. 
I it reminds me of this quote I heard from actually one of my friends. Her therapist said it to her and she shared it on her stories, and it will literally be burned into my brain <laughs> until the day I die. Um, I she love said, it. It's so good. You're never going to stop thinking about it. She said, um, why did you leave a nine to five job with a mean boss to work a job with a mean boss? Like you being your own mean boss, like working yourself to the bone. I'm like, wow, mind blown. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a constant. That's I feel like that's my biggest struggle right now. Not not even content, not even engagement. I really could care yeah. less, but it's how do I actually keep this sustainable? Because realistically, the yep. first two years of your business, like that's when people quit, right? Because it gets hard. The scalability is hard. Starting isn't hard because you're so passionate about it. You want to work right, all hours. Excited. And then you get to that roadblock. And you're kind of, you started in tw- or you quit your yeah, 2020. Well, so I quit my job in 2019, and then Social Me, we started in 2020. Yes. So you've so really right you've had there. a different beast to tackle since 2020. Yeah. So you're kind of at that same timeline. Yeah, and I'll say, like, I still feel really good about it. I've just – I've made so many changes in the last couple of years that – what I'm doing right now feels really fresh because I've just, I've like evolved so much. You know, I tried something, I didn't love it or it didn't work. And so I was like, okay, well, let's do this instead. And so now I feel like I'm at a point where I really love my offerings. Like people are really enjoying them. Like everything feels really good. And so I'm still excited now, maybe two years in of doing what I'm doing right now, I might feel that way, but I actually feel really good now. So I'm happy about that. I'm riding the wave. I, and I see that in your content. And that's what's Thank so you. cool is like, I see you continually putting out these, you know, new baby offers or mini courses. And I'm like, she's got it. Like, she's got it on lock. She's figured wow, out what thanks. feels right. And like I said, it's this huge unlearning of, okay, I can put out all the stuff. I, mm-hmm. I can do that. And my, oh my God, my husband actually said, I need to, I need to say this out loud. So my husband and I were talking about this new idea because I've been so burnt out lately and all of it is a culmination of, you know, family and yeah, other events. It's like not so much work, but it was work on top of it. Right. And so work was the thing that tipped the scale, but there's so much underlying stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Ugh, I'm not burnt out from work, but I feel like I can't be productive because of everything else. So yeah. I need to pivot. I need to do something a little bit different. I need to light the fire and try something new a little bit. And so we're walking around the block and we're talking about what I can actually lean into. And he stops me and he goes, Harley, you have like the opposite problem of every other business owner that I know. And it's the fact that you think of an idea and then you say, okay, this is going to be out in two weeks. And then you make I, it out in two weeks. Literally. <laughs> I feel and that's that so hard. Media. Yeah. Because you can, you know, but any other corporate business is going to be like, we need to get approval from this person. And then yeah. we're going to talk about it. Then we're going to table it. And then we're going to circle right. around it 70 more times. I think it's a pro and a con though, because you can go for it, but then you also, because you're so excited and you want to get it done, you spend 23 of the 24 hours a day working on it. (laughs) And then you're like, oh my God, I literally haven't even eaten in like three days. You know what I mean? Like it's hard because you're excited, but also it's when you have those ideas, it's hard to like 
like put it on pause because you're just so excited. With that, I want I want to bring up a content thing. Let's go back to content. Yeah. So recently I had this weird, weird situation with my Halloween content. And if you've followed me for a while, you know that I love Halloween content. That's my favorite holiday. Mm-hmm. And you will see seven costumes and I've done that. My mom was my mom my mom was laughing at me yesterday because she was like, "Harley, you just found a way that your toddler self wanted to wear seven costumes. Now you get to wear seven costumes. <laughs> You're living your childhood dreams." <laughs> I was like, "I'm just multi-passionate. It's fine." <laughs> I love it. So, anyway, I leaned into this Halloween series of yeah. is this strong independent female character a villain or is she just assertive? And maybe that's my trauma coming out. Maybe this is <laughs> Maybe this is a little slap back to that villain era that I feel like I'm in. But the weird thing about the series is the – I've loved making it. Mm-hmm. I've seen outlandish number of comments and messages come in that are like, I love this. I'm so glad that you're doing this. Do this character, do this character, yeah. do this character. But it is the lowest views I've ever seen in my life. Really? I thought yeah. you were going to say the opposite. No. Lowest wow. views. I, I haven't had views this low in so long. And the reason that I continued it is number one, because I am really enjoying doing it. Right. And number two, clearly it's hitting the people that I want to hit. It's hitting people enough yeah. for them to say something. So that pivots us into talking about, you know, how do you balance? I love doing this and my analytics aren't speaking the truth right now. That is something that I struggle with every single day. <laughs> Like, that is the realest struggle because, again, like, I have a style of content that I really love making, but I know that it doesn't hit people the way that I am expecting it to. But Mm -hmm. it's so hard because am I going to sacrifice what I love doing, you know? Like, I actually just had this conversation um, with one of my friends. So she she actually in the last week has gained 150,000 followers on Instagram. She (laughs) had... Crazy, crazy. She, But she's like, I would normally be so salty, but literally she is the best person ever. Like she deserves it like no one else. And her content, like I know she works so hard. So she, it's great What's for her. Niche? Um, so she is, she's like into modeling. So she's a, she's a petite model. Um, and she does these videos now in the last few weeks um, where she basically teaches you how to pose like she shows you these really cool editorial poses and then she shows you like doing it as a real person and these videos popped off like I mean all almost all of them have over two three million views popped off wow but but like they're just so well produced like she did such a great job on them she deserves it and so we were kind of talking about this I was like I'm so happy that you found something that I can tell I know that you are loving loving doing and that obviously is rewarding you the way you deserve to be rewarded for all this Mm -hmm. hard work. So like, it's cool to see that that happened for her, but she wasn't always doing these videos. You know, she was always doing like some sort of modeling, but not this exact format, not this exact style, but she found kind of accidentally, like, let me try this video, see what happens. She found this, this piece of content that is something that she can redo time and time again. And it's working so well for her. And And she brought in the right audience. Oh, yeah. Yep. Her people, like, every she posted one yesterday. In the first 10 minutes, it was at 60,000 views. Like, and, and people are commenting, tagging friends, all the, like, That's it is, amazing. yeah, like, it, it worked out so well for her. But again, I think it's 
one of those things where like it takes so much trial and error to get to that point. So we're talking mm-hmm. about this and I was like, you know, I want I'm so excited to keep trying things and hopefully find something like that that works for me that I really love doing and that responds, you know, people respond to really well. Um, and she was like, you know, I saw that you did those, uh, videos on TikTok where you were like doing your makeup while you were teaching or whatever. And I've seen people do them. So I was like, no, I'll try it. Whatever. Like I do my makeup every day. Might as well make a video while I do it. (laughs) Might as well. (laughs) I'm here already. Um, and it, and it did perform better than my regular, just talking to the camera videos, but I just didn't like making it. Like, I just yeah. straight up didn't like it. And so she was like, you should do that more. But I was like, I just, no. it doesn't accept me. <laughs> yeah, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's hard. I think that's what's so hard about putting yourself into the niche box is, mm. you know, after a while, I am going to get bored no matter what I'm yeah. talking about. And oh, yeah. so I look at, I get a lot of, I get a lot of comparison with, the success of, of other coaches. And so I mm-hmm. ran into this coach who, oh, long story short, plagiarized a piece of content that I put out and Sick. has gained 200K since. And yeah, just so unethical, like I hate it. Um, ended up at this person's account and I was like, but what they're doing is so easy. Like this is I could, I could do this in my sleep. And then I cut myself off and I was like, hold up, Harley. No, 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 no. Stop. Because you couldn't do this because you would get bored out of your living. Yeah. This would be a living nightmare. Right. Like you, you could do it, but could you do it sustainably? I think is the key word there. Like it has to be a piece of content, a type of content, a topic, whatever it is that every day you can talk about it every day. You're excited about it. Or again, like you find little ways to make it evolve and, and get it to that place. But like, it's very, very difficult to find a style of content and a topic for content that you Mm -hmm. love enough and you like can produce well enough to get you to that point. Like it's, it's hard. It's a lot of trial and error. The production thing is huge. And I want to bring back a point that you made earlier about expecting something of your audience or thinking they're one way, but then thinking retrospectively, oh, wait, that's not actually the person that I want to talk to. Because I see all the time with viral growth, um, Mm. and this is actually why I asked you if they're the right followers, because I see all the time with viral growth where people get their messaging a hair wrong, slightly Mm. wrong, and it pops off in a place that they don't like. It's not their right. people. They don't resonate with them. And then they go back and they're like, ah, existential crisis Seriously. mode because- What do you do? <laughs> I built a following that's supposed to change my life and I can't. I can't. Yeah. And it's hard at that point too, because do you just leave the people there and let them kill your engagement or right. you know kill your demographic or whatever it is? Or do you- take the time every day to go remove amount of people that Instagram's yeah. not going to flag you for. Like it's, it's actually not a great situation to be in sometimes to go the viral. Mm-hmm. I listened to your episode that you did last week talking about it. And I completely agree. Like everyone wants to go viral. And I even think about social media managers and stuff where their bosses are like, we want viral content, but like viral does not always equal success. Viral is not always good. In fact, most of the times I feel like it's actually not good. <laughs> Yeah. I think there are very few times where you see big time growth like that, where someone actually does bring in 
uh, 20K plus, 10K plus, Mm -hmm. and it's the right people. Yeah. And that actually kind of makes me think about this as well. Something that I've been trying to work on in the last six months, the last year, because I'll be honest, in the last two years since COVID, I have gone between the same thousand up and down, up and down, up and down. Like I have had almost no actual growth in the last two years. And for a long time, that really, really, really was like, that was like stabbing me right in the heart because I'm, again, I'm putting in so much work and we, we all look at follower count and we want more followers and want more followers. And I'm like, well, why isn't all my hard work getting me anywhere? You know? So it was very discouraging, but I got- Start an account. <laughs> All right. See, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, but you know what I mean? Like it's it was one of those things where it really, really bothered me and was so discouraging to me for so long. And then maybe in the last six months, I was like, dude, all right, we've been here for two years. I don't know if we're ever going anywhere else, but we're just gonna have to live with this. Like this can't be the thing that I get hung up on, and this can't be the thing that like discourages me from creating more because I can't do anything about it. I'm doing everything yeah. that I can right now. And that's not doing what it's supposed to do. So mm-hmm. like, there are more important things. And every time I bring this up to Andrew, like, we'll talk about it. And because he's he's in the same thing. He, he works in, right. um, he's like an artist as well. And so he has an Instagram page, has a lot of trouble with growth and engagement as well. Um, so just for anyone listening, this is across many, many niches. This isn't <laughs> just for creators. Um, But we talk about it all the time. And he always says to me, Kristen, why do you care? You're still making more money than you made last year. (laughs) You're still making, you know, making all these great connections with brands. Like your business is doing better than it ever has. Who cares? And I'm like, okay, feel better. Thank you. (laughs) It's a weird, it's a weird wall. And I think about that sometimes too, where, you know, I, I also haven't grown in, in a while and I think a huge reason there's there's two reasons for that and one is I currently have two jobs and I don't want to ever have two jobs in my life ever again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, true. <laughs> and so we're just spread too thin like mm-hmm. I, there's so many business moves at the heart of it. There's so many business moves that yeah. I'm doing that I cannot focus on the growth side. I can't focus on, you know, posting yet another reel. That's Mm -hmm. not my priority anymore. So I have to come to accept, you know, my priority is community. My my priority is getting people to buy from me. It's not growth right now. So me looking at that number and saying, oh, I haven't grown. Like poor old me is like, but that's not your goal. So what are you you actually talking about? And two, um, Little Miss deletes followers every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, exactly. You're not helping yourself, but you are actually helping yourself in the long run. (laughs) (laughs) So I really am working towards that community thing. But yeah, it is a really tough thing that creators deal with looking at that number not change or coming out of that growth phase and saying, well, I'm just not doing something right now. It's so easy to blame it on yourself. And I, and mm-hmm. I, it's also so easy to blame it on the algorithm. So it's hard because you're like, well, I'm doing everything. It must be the algorithm. But I think some people say I'm not doing anything wrong and don't really look too hard. <laughs> I just like, talked about this. Yeah, <laughs> you, you have to be like not hard on yourself, but you have to be realistic with yourself, you know, like really take a deep dive. Like you're not going to make any sort of progress telling yourself everything you do is perfect, you know, like, cause it's not. 
Right. We have to be confronted with some of that hard. Mm -hmm. But it's also, it is a really tough balance. Really tough balance. Yeah, it definitely is. You have to just kind of find a way that you can tell yourself these things and get through them and then, you know, like come out stronger on the other side. Absolutely. So thinking about, let's let's wrap it up here with takeaways. I'm going to force you into <laughs> okay. force you into my format with Sonia. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about your creators out there that are in that same spot of, you know, I I am struggling to make my business run. I'm in these first starting phases. I want growth, but it's not coming. I I don't know what is going to feel right artistically too. What's what's your piece of advice? I think my best piece of advice here is do the trial and error. You know, like be open to trying new things, be open to trying new formats, different things that maybe you like to talk about, like explore your passions, explore the different methods that you could share them. And hopefully you'll find something that you really like to create, but also something that maybe your audience responds to well. It's trial and error. Yeah, I a thousand percent agree. I, I think that we discount the fact that it's really not hard to grow. Like it's frustrating to grow, but it's not hard to grow. What's hard is the soul searching to make it feel right when it happens. It all has to line up and that's tough. (laughs) It's a lot of moving parts. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Brand Meet Creator. You can find Kristen in the show notes as well as the creator that she mentioned in the beginning. And if you have any listener questions, bring them on over because we would love to hear more. And if you love this episode, make sure to uh, rate it, please. Yes, five stars. (laughs) Five stars across the board, guys. Five stars only. (laughs) Our podcast is produced and managed by Upstarter Pods. If you're looking to grow your business, increase your credibility in your niche, or attract a larger and more loyal community to your brand, then you should be starting a podcast. Upstarter works with busy entrepreneurs, business owners, and side hustlers just like you and customizes your plan to fit your time availability, budget, and goals. They're also running a massive discount until the end of 2020 for new launches. So you can find the right fit for you and your business. Go to upstarterpods.com or click the link below in the show notes.